curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Thanks again for making this another week where we had all of the episodes in the series with one listen. Always super gratifying to see that growth and listens in the back catalog. And it's because of your consistent and repeated effort, I'm able to continue to market the show to guests like today's. I recently attended a conference where today's guest gave a speech about the trajectory of his career and the set of events that put him on the path to standing in front of the crowd that day, telling us how his entire life, everything he'd built, his most cherished relationships and his business all disappeared. Quite literally, he was faced with the question, what do you do when everything you care about is gone? I've been there to witness other presentations about vulnerability, but I want you to consider this discussion today to be less about vulnerability and maybe even less still about failure, but more about resiliency and creating something of value when presented the most daunting of circumstances. Having the ability to recreate yourself when everything you thought turns out not to be true. The CirrusNet facilitated re- referral team system was developed in 2008 by my guests, social entrepreneur Steven Zyskowski, and he's facilitated thousands of these one-hour CirrusNet team meetings and actively runs them to this day throughout southeastern Michigan. In addition, he supports other professionals, including real estate agents, business coaches, and other independent financial advisors use his proven system to build their own referral teams in their communities and get paid to network. I hope you find this as enjoyable as I did. Give it a listen. It's a vibe thing. You know, I really believe that we put off a certain amount of energy in everything that we do. And then you've got to ask yourself, what's your intention? Right? What's the intention with the energy that you have? Is your intention is your your intention to make everything about you? Or is your intention to be of service to other people? Right. And I find that the more I can take the attention away from me and focus it on other people, best things happen. Best things, best things. 
um, there's uh, there's tons of discussion about that concept. But what I think is wh- where you have a leg up on perhaps others who are discussing that concept of give first is you fortunately had um, put yourself on this journey of give first for a long time leading up until this point. So talk a little bit about like how you arrived at a moment that you realized that giving was better than taking. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I, uh, you know, I had been in sales most of my life and a friend of mine and I opened a mortgage company and we were really excited about it and we were newbies in that business uh, but we were uh, believing big time in the concept of being known locally, doing things in the community. Because, you know, let's face it, when you're in the mortgage business or real estate, you know, there's tons of competition. So many there, right? Um, people have people in their family that do it. So for people to be referring you, they really have to be enrolled in your journey and really believe that you're doing work superior to others, right? Mm-hmm. So we were going to build our business based on reputation, and we had an office that we were moving into. It was a small office, maybe 1,500 square feet, and it was empty. We were starting a brand new business. We needed to fill it with everything, the furniture, um, and copy machine was one thing we needed to get. And my partner and I, the internet was also somewhat new, still at this age in life, right? Maybe five or six years old. People were still using AOL, and I think they finally <laughs> finally started some broadband. Uh, but uh, we had uh, looked for a copy machine. We found a, a quote from a national seller of copy machines. Uh, we also got a quote from a company that sold just in the state of Michigan. We, we kind of believed in shopping around a little bit because we were a new business, and yeah, we also needed to watch, counts, watch our budget, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we did have, uh, my friend Dennis was at a bar and was talking to a friend of his and told him all the stuff we had going on. And he, this friend of his gave him a business card and said, well, hey, when you get ready to buy that copy or be sure you talk to my friend, Mike, I still don't know to the day who that person was that gave the card <laughs> to Dennis, <laughs> but, uh, that same day, Mike walked in from a business in Brighton called American Imaging at the time, which yeah. I think was absorbed by Applied Imaging. Right. Uh, but American Imaging uh, was the company we called. Mike came to our office that day, and we had both quotes laid out on our on our one table that we had in the office. <laughs> and uh, Mike walked in, and we said, Hey, Mike, we're glad you're here. We'd like to make a decision about buying a copier like now because we've got a lot of things going on. And here are the two quotes that we already received. We'd like you to look at those so at least you can know what it is you're comparing against, right? Yeah. Uh, so Mike uh, took a look at these two quotes, and he goes, Yeah, Steve, Dennis, you know, I know who both of these companies are. Um, they're actually pretty good companies. And the machines that they're looking at selling you, um, I think would probably get the job done. But if you don't mind, what I'd like to do is share with you why I think you should buy from me and not from them. And we said, geez, Mike, that'd be fantastic. Go on. <laughs> great, Go great, on. Lead, great lead in line, right? Because <laughs> yeah. don't we all want to hear from somebody why, why you, right? Exactly. So Mike's why you was, he goes, well, Steve Dennis, first and foremost, you know, you were referred to me. Um, I was referred to your partner, Dennis. And that wouldn't have happened unless somebody knew what I'm about, the quality of work that I do, and that I'm somebody who's worth bringing up in conversation. So know that you're already coming I'm coming to you, right, with trust and with yeah. some care there. The, the friends and family plan, right? Yes. And the goes, way. Yeah, exactly. And he goes, but the other reason that you should buy for me is because 
you know, you guys look like you're, you know, on the up, you're, you're energetic, you're young, you got lots of stuff going on, and I can pretty much put money down because I've seen it already 10,000 times. You're going to outgrow this office, <laughs> and when you do, I want you to call me, and I'm going to be there on your moving day, and I'm going to move your machine for you. The movers aren't going to touch it. We're going to move it into your new office, and this all did happen, by the way. We're going to move it into your new office. We're going to have it calibrated and ready to go and hooked up to your network so you guys don't miss a second of time in business because I know how important you know, being up and ready to go in businesses. So my partner and I looked at each other and we just kind of gave each other a look like this is the guy. All right. So I said, Mike, I'd like to write you a deposit for the copier today. And that's where, you know, most salespeople stop, right? right? They got the sale mission accomplished, but with Mike, that's where the relationship began, right? It wasn't the end. It was the beginning. And Mm -hmm. I've since purchased more from him over the course of my relationship. But he said, Steve Dennis, you know, you guys have said you got a lot going on. I can see that. I can see your to-do list over there. It's big. What things are on that to-do list that that I might be able to help you cross off and make to done? I'd like to help you turn your to-dos into dones. So he said, well, Mike, we need to get our stationery and letterhead printed. We need to get our computers networked. They're going to be delivered by, you know, from Dell tomorrow. We need software installed. <laughs> we got a lot of shit going yeah. on over here, Mike. But, <laughs> yeah, but in my mind, you know, being newer at business, I kind of thought to myself a little bit, well, you know, Mike, you sold us the copy or you've done your job. Mm-hmm. What else can you do? You're the copy guy. Mm-hmm. But he goes, you know, and he, so he pulls out from his uh, little carry bag a business card portfolio that was pretty well stuffed. I mean, it was very impressive looking, kind of maybe with the rubber band around it. Like one of those ones that you could tell this is a guy yeah. that uses it, right. right? This is a guy that knows people and is not afraid to go to his bag, right? <laughs> and, and we're thinking too, you know, wanting to be known locally, sure. great place to start. So uh, Mike reached into his portfolio and he pulled out a few cards and he goes, you know, when you're ready to get your letterhead and stationery printed, you know, go see my friend Mike over at Singer Press. He'll take great care of you. They're, coincidentally, they, that's the pound now. Yeah, the pound I know. How about that, right? right? And and he says, uh, and when you're ready uh, to get your computers networked and the software installed, go call my friend Joe from Computers Complete, and he'll take care of you there. And when I called each of those places to follow up on the referral, they all celebrated that it was Mike that sure. sent me. Yeah. We love Mike. Course, Mike's right? amazing, <laughs> right? And I just didn't quite in my mind kind of think that there was, I had no idea that there was actually a structured karma that they were all kind of working from within to try to promote each other's businesses, right? So, you know, when you find other businesses that you believe in that are doing good work, you can be extra service to your own customers by promoting those businesses, and then it all kind of comes full circle back to you. So, you know, that was where I first got touched by the the concept of, wow, I've got to be like that guy, Mike. Mm -hmm. I've got to be the guy with this big portfolio stuffed. And his name, real name, is a friend of mine. It's Michael Oink, Mike Oink. Mm -hmm. He goes by Mo Mo. over at Applied Imaging. Uh And I always say kind of tongue-in-cheek that he wanted to be Mo to me. (laughs) Then you you might think of from a copy salesperson, right? So he was. He became more to me. We're friends today. He's a SiriusNet member today. So I uh, I didn't make the connection because I was new in business, but... And a lot of business people don't know that there are actually organizations out there that are designed to try to help them make connections and try to help them grow by referral. We never hear about these organizations because, you know, they're not going to be advertised on a billboard or on TV. 
they typically happen when people get to network with other people in a local community and somebody goes, hey, I like how you do things, right? You've impressed me. What are you doing next week? I'd right. like you to come be a guest of mine at one of my business groups. Right. That's how they happen. Sure. Right? It's got to be a personal contact. But we were new in business. He told me that this group that he was a part of met at 7 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, 7 in the morning. It sounded really early. Um, but, you know, he had a mortgage person in his group. And uh, he was happy to help us, but you know that that getting in his group or doing anything like that wasn't a possibility. But uh, about a year later, uh, a financial advisor that I developed a relationship with in uh, in the Brighton area said to me, "Steve, I really like how you take care of business and how you conduct yourself. You know, I'll certainly refer my customers to you. And also, have you ever heard of something called BNI?" He goes, Steve, have you ever heard of BNI? I'm like, no, I never had. He goes, well, you know, it's like a group of business people that get together and there's only like one type per profession. And, you know, we were there to pass referrals and we've had a couple mortgage people circle, you know, the group a few times um, that said that they were going to join and we're getting the group started. There's only like five of us right now. But I think that this is something that you could really benefit from, especially when you're telling me how you're looking to grow your business. Sure. So I thought to myself, what harm could there be, right? I'll get up early. I'll go to this at 7 o'clock in the morning meeting. And there was a massage. <laughs> seven, oh. yeah, seven, in the, well, 7 in the morning to be bells on, right? right. Not 7 in the morning to wake up, yeah. right? to be bells on somewhere. Right. But that's fine. I mean, I, I, I was you know at that point in my life where I was ready to do anything to grow my business sure. and make it happen. And if that meant getting up a little bit early to go so be around it. people, big deal, yeah. right? Get my day started early, no get doubt. some good habits. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I went to this group and I liked what they talked about. I thought to myself, geez, other mortgage people must be lazy to not do something like this. I'll give it a try. And it was, uh, you know, kind of a pretty outstanding experience for quite a while. Um, I ended up uh, becoming like president of this group and uh, we grew it to a a big size. It got as big as 55 members in a two-year window. We became like the biggest group in Livingston County. And uh, one day, I magically went to my, my mailbox at uh, my company, which was called Explorer Financial, went out to my mailbox that day, and there was a letter that was in there that told me that I was you know, no longer the mortgage person in that group, had kind of been kicked out. Kicked out of your kicked, own group? Kicked out of my own group. Wait a minute. <laughs> can, that, can that happen? But yeah, I was thrown out of the group. And, you know, I'm really not going to go into the details of that. We'll just call it member shenanigans. It kind of, <laughs> kind of happen, kind of happens sometimes when you get too many people in a room and you're not certain of who's there, right? Right, right, right. So, um, but it also turned out that uh, the accountant and the financial advisor in that group had received the same letter. And oh. we were all just completely perplexed because all three of us were kind of monumental in making that group happen. So... Um, we did have our, our Jerry Maguire moment <laughs> with us and, and kind of went to the other members that were in the group that we had relationships with and we're like, hey, you know, we're going to go do our own thing. And who's with us, right? One of the Jerry Maguire Who's things. coming with Who's me? coming with us? I'm me and the goldfish are leaving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, maybe um, uh, it was about uh, two years later, a year and a half later, we did launch our own thing. Uh, and it was pretty exciting. You know, during this time that I was um, thrown out of my BNI group, I was also experiencing something that most Americans were experiencing for the first time, which was a decimation of the economy. Ugh, yeah. You know, um, I was a mortgage broker, 
and I had a pipeline of about 25 loans that I was currently working on, and every single day a phone call came in. Hey, Steve, this is GMAC Bank. All of the loans we currently have you approved for in the pipeline will not fund. <laughs> this. We're going out of business. The phone won't be on tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. So, you know, here I am. And that's, again. like, you're not kidding. Like, that was legit what happened. Totally. <laughs> GMAC said, we're done. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and, and it happened every day, bank after bank, going out of business. All of them use the same terminology. Our investors pulled out. And we're thinking, well, we thought you were the investors, right? So it was just this magical peanut shell game of what's under each peanut, nothing really. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you know, I got thrown out of this BNI group at the same time in which I'm watching my business get blown out of the water and decimated. Uh, that, that partner of mine, Dennis, and I, uh, he ended up moving to Colorado, and then our relationship actually got estranged. Oh, boy. At the same time, my, uh, my wife told me divorce was imminent. Oh. And, Good Lord, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, um, it was, you know, I think most of us, you know, we, we were on a track in life, right? You go to high school, you go to college, you get out of college, you start a career, you go to work, you know, you, you just do a lot of doing without much reflecting. Right. Right. You're just, you don't even know who you are, really, throughout most of any I, of this stuff. Just checking the boxes you've been told you're supposed to check for the most part, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. So, um yeah, it was the first time in my life that, um, you know, I had like an 820 credit score at this time. And I'm looking at all these homes that my ex and I had purchased, you know, for ourselves, for investment properties, and also recognizing the crash of the economy and realizing that none of these values are going to get any better and and that we're not going to have a relationship. So, you know, I was somebody who went from kind of what everybody thought was like a perfect situation and yeah. felt pretty good to me too for a while. Sure to all of a sudden slamming into that wall. And, you know, I had, I had, you know, I'd heard of people go, yeah, this person, you know, they've got depression. They were having a sad day or a bad day. And I always was like one of these people that was just so on the move. I couldn't really understand, like, what do you mean you're depressed, right? Um, but for like a 60-day, 90-day window in my life, I, I didn't even know myself. Yeah. You know, just anxious, yeah. Wanted to stay in bed all day. Yeah, I just felt like I got my ass handed to yeah. me hard from every it. direction. My friend, my wife, my business, my networking group. I mean, just slammed from that every was angle. A brick wall of epic proportions. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't like a oh, I grazed the wall. No, I went full bore, hundred miles an hour, head first into the wall. Well, and the other part of it too, though, is you know, if you're a person who also wants to look at yourself, and I, I do always want to look at myself. I recognize I'm a part of every equation, right? So, uh, you know, to be in those situations and recognize the exact opposite of all of my intentions is happening right now in life, right? Like, um, you know, here's what I thought would happen. And then the exact opposite <laughs> to the other degree happens a ton of self blame. Like, what am I an idiot? I thought I had all this going on. I thought I had people that had my back and other things. And the next thing you know, everybody's turned their back on me. The next thing you know, uh, I'm depressed. The next thing you know, I don't have anything. And I, I thought like, I, I felt like a complete loser. Mm-hmm. I mean, a total loser. Mm-hmm. Like, can I make good decisions? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Can I even trust my own decision making yes. to be something that I should rely on at this point? I mean, that's it's tough. So the funny thing was, is that this house that we were living in, beautiful house, it was a custom built house, but it wasn't custom built for us. 
um, but a beautiful house nonetheless. We had a gorgeous swimming pool put in it with cascading waterfalls, the whole deal. And um, and I remember going, well, you know, I just got done filing for bankruptcy. Um, all the homes that we had for rentals are going to go back to the bank. I'll, I'll be able to live in this house now through bankruptcy without having to make a payment, but then I'll have to be out. Where am I going to go? But there was this, you know, when I kind of, when I was in that mode, there was a really weird feeling that came over me like, Steve, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. You'll have all of what you've had before again, but the next time you have what you have is going to be on solid footing. It'll right. be a clear foundation. You're going to know more of who you are, and you're going to you're going to make it through this. Mm-hmm. So it was really it was really an interesting time. So the proverbial pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and say. This isn't what it was, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be something. So let's get up yeah. to the task of making yeah. what the next thing will be. Right? Yeah. So, that, so there you go. The checkup from the neck up time, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's what I had was the checkup from the neck up. And I, and because I was hitting the reset button, finding it, if there's any laws in this country that I'm grateful for are bankruptcy laws. Right. So, so getting, not getting too far off course from <laughs> that, um, I'll just say that, uh, it did give me time to reflect on what I loved the most. I, I realized I did not love mortgages. And, and I'm not talking about, yes, I love my banker at Flagstar. Sure, yes, sure, I love sure. my banker yeah. at TCF. But, but you know, the Goldman Sachs, you know, the big monolithic, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not with that. And when I kind of realized, wow, you know, I'm, I'm brokering all these loans that are then turning into derivatives and funding the beast, I don't want anything to do with that. And not only that, but how could I lose a business where, I mean, my, my monthly revenue was growing for years. I mean, I was just getting better and better at mortgages until the day they said, we've got no money to give you. Right. And to be in a business where in any second I can have the rug pulled out for me through mm-hmm. no fault of my own, forget it. Yeah. You know, and that business followed you everywhere. Right. I mean, if I had a, a vacation, I was still taking calls from sure. underwriters and sure. appraisers and it never had a break. Never. Right. Um, so it wasn't a good business for me from an element of spiritually. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good business for me from element of quality of life and life mm-hmm. balance. And those were things that I was really drawn to at that stage in my life because I recognized how off balance my life was, mm-hmm. how out of balance everything was. Right. And it was through those experiences in college that helped me recognize that I could bring people together for a common cause, that I was really good at you know, putting out the right vibe for getting what you want with people. Uh, you know, launching the BNI group that I talked about, um, that took about 18 months to do. But, you know, it was, again, another experiment where, you know, I brought a ton of people into that group and was able to really help it grow and ended up starting multiple groups for that organization in Brighton as well, too. But but when I was reflecting on what are, the, what are my skills, what are the things I can do, what kind of life could I build for myself that I could provide value and still have a life, right? Um, and what I what, just, what would I do if I actually liked what I was doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that, right? What would I do if, what could it be that if you did it, it didn't, you know, it doesn't feel like work. I mean, there's elements of what you're going to do for any business that you have to do. Yeah, it's toil. It's, there's it's toil that comes with everything. Called but. being a business. Yeah. But you've got to have at least that purpose and the passion behind it that gets you to do the fun stuff. Agreed. right? So what I found out was is that I just absolutely loved you know that, that networking environment, that these businesses coming together. And while I was with uh, that other organization... 
I did have some moments of clarity when I was there that were like, wow, you know, a lot of people suck at their officer duties, you know, in these groups. Why is it? It's because they're taking one for the team. They're not right. doing it because, hey, I want I want to be the best treasurer you've ever had. I want to be the best visitor host or whatever else. Um, they were taking one for the team. And, you know, if, if you didn't have people doing something with, you know, purpose behind it, it gets neglected, it doesn't get taken care of, sure. and the next thing you know, there's dysfunction and groups don't function right. So I thought to myself way back then, man, you know, we all have to take turns doing this office or rigmarole all the time, and nobody wants to do it. What if, you know, what if somebody invented a system at one at some time where, you know, the one person ran the group. One person took care of facilitating the whole meeting. One person did all the administrative stuff, took care of headbutting that might be happening in the group <laughs> or whatever else. Would the members of a group like that allow one person kind of to make those kind of decisions in confidence? Would they appreciate it? But they, because most people are very busy, right? Yeah. So um, I had the idea back then, but you know, no real reason to implement it because sure. I owned a mortgage company. Right. So, so the idea was, uh, you know, when we got thrown out of that uh, BNI group, there was about uh, nine of us that left that group that didn't want anything to do with it anymore because we just didn't like the, the vibe there. So we started something called Net Shui. Net Shui. Net Shui. So picture, you know, like uh, Feng Shui meets networking. It's all about <laughs> energy, right? Positive energy, positive people, and. It was a great experiment. I mean, we had so much fun. It was a great experiment. Uh, the meetings always began with the question of the day. There was a question on the board like, what is a paradigm? Ah. And have you ever found yourself in a paradigm? And when you got to the Netshui meeting, the purpose of the initial discussion between members was to discuss that question before they talked about the night's football game. Sure, or, sure. To try to reveal more about each other. Yep. To try, and then the, the meeting coordinator was Al Curtis. He owns a amazing luxury pool building company called Legendary Escapes. It's askthepoolguyguy.com. He would be phenomenal yeah. on your show. Okay. But um, but he uh, he was uh, the guy that was the MC. We had an MC of the meetings, uh-huh. the meeting coordinator. Uh-huh. And he guided the discussion. He guided the meeting. And he was just perfect at it. I mean, I watched what he did, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can never do it the way he does it because – He's a philosopher. Mm-hmm. He remembers quotes from things and can just recite them amazingly. Just a brilliant man, brilliant man. And uh, so everybody loved the meetings, sure. but where we failed was this the actually getting people to refer each other right. in a way that it could happen consistently. Yeah. It's a book club. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It was kind of funny. And, and then also, too, you know, we had nine of us that left that other organization to start Nat Shui, and not all of us were able to kind of come to the same collective vision on what Net Shui was going to be and how we could do it. And at the same time, I'm making no money. I've closed my mortgage company. And I'm like, okay, guys, I love you, but I'm going to relinquish my shares of Net Shui to you. And I will give you many blessings to take this as far as it can go. I've got an opportunity to go work, work with a guy named Gino Wickman. He uh, has a business called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, authored a book called Traction. He's kind of a a legend here in Michigan now. And I had the ability to kind of um, intern with him, for lack of a better word, and watch him implement amazing strategies into business and processes, all the stuff I had never seen before, Mm -hmm. that when you've owned businesses, you go, oh my gosh, if I had known that stuff back then, what could I have done? Right. 
but it came to me right at the right time. And, you know, one of the discussions you and I have had just in our friendship is how things can just magically appear before you when the time is right. Like you can't force events to happen. You can't force relationships to happen. You've got to allow for them to happen, right? And then appreciate it when they are happening. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in being grateful and expressing that gratitude. Yeah, for sure. You know, because that's how you invite more of it into your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so while I was learning from Gina Wickman and, and eyeing at that time, I'm becoming an implementer of the EOS system into businesses, I kept getting pulled back to BNI. I kept getting pulled back to NetShui um, and kept getting pulled back to all these other failures that I had. But as I was thinking about all the lessons that I was learning through all these failures, um, I really felt like I was getting all the right pieces now coming to me at one time. So I decided at that point um, to pursue starting a professional referral organization that wasn't like NetShui and that wasn't like BNI because I didn't want to be like either of them. They had their space, right? Right. And, you know, to me, I've never been excited about wanting to do something that somebody else has done and just right. run it through the copy machine and put my name on right. it. I just, that's nothing there for me. Yeah. Uh, so I started a business called CirrusNet. You know, I was already a little crazy with the NetShui name, but I thought CirrusNet would sound different and would confuse people a little bit, give them a chance to take another look. I found out that Cirrus was the Greek god of opportunity that uh, his ability was to come into a situation where all these other gods with all these amazing powers couldn't solve something, they would call on him to tell them how they could work together to get it done. That's great. Yeah. Right? Because so, so SiriusNet, the idea was is that we've all been given godlike ability to create. We are creators, right? We are. We're a mirror image of what created us. Yeah, right, sure. So I want people to be reminded of that, that, you know, anytime we don't feel like we have enough or feel like we need to have more, the power is within you to create that. We just have to be able to teach each other, you know, teach how to do that. Right. So I launched a business called CirrusNet uh, in Brighton. I had about 40 businesses come to my initial preview meeting. And while everybody told me how awesome the presentation was and that they enjoyed the food, not one person turned in their application to me that day to be my first member. No conversions. <laughs> no conversions. And Opportunities it, created, no conversions. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and at the same time, too, you, you know. you learned not to push it, though. So you knew it was just, you had to wait. So <laughs> Well, it, yeah. And, and again, you know, kind of like this theme of when, when is there going to be a break? You know, when am I going to find that right thing that's the right thing for me where I can help the most people? Because because again, coming through what I had to come through to get there, um, I didn't have a tremendous amount of internal confidence. I may have uh, been able to put off mm-hmm. a confident, trustworthy mm-hmm. person, but on the inside, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, man, mm-hmm. when is this going to change? Yeah. Right? When's the bad look going to change? Uh, my, my reading has told me that that's called imposter syndrome. <laughs> that's a real thing. So. It's good to know that we've at least all come to an understanding of what that feeling really is, yeah. and that it's not just us feeling it. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I went back to the drawing board another time, you know, because again, burn through BNI, burn through Natchway, nobody joining up now with my new thing. Is this going to even be possible? Right. And with those tweaks, um, held a meeting, and my first three members turned in their application. That was a little over 10 years ago, with now being 2019. And uh, 
uh, I built my first group in Brighton, and when I got to about 15 members of that first group, which was a morning group, I launched an afternoon group to see if I could do it again, to see if this was a, a business that I could replicate because everything I did, I documented because I'm not smart enough to do the same thing twice, <laughs> right? I've got to have a little list to check through. I need some notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to be consistent, right? And yeah. I think a lot of us want to take some shortcuts, so having a checklist helps. Sure. But uh, after I opened the second group in Brighton, I felt you know the confidence was starting to come there. People were telling us that, hey, I really like how this is working. I like this facilitated group. I like how the focus is on referrals. I like how the focus is on learning about referrals. I like how the focus is on us talking and marketing ourselves. And I like that you're going to do all of it because we kind of like you. We like what you're doing here. <laughs> so it felt great. And uh, Validation! Yeah, exactly. So so I can't, um, I can't let this go on uh, any longer without giving kudos to Doug Moffat. Doug was uh, with Northwestern Mutual at the time and somebody that I developed a relationship when I owned the mortgage company. Sure. He was a financial advisor that I like to refer to and, and vice versa and became one of my first net members, was with me for 10 years before he left to go start his own groups, uh, which is a whole other story. Right. But um, I had great feedback and great people, and he introduced me to a Northwestern guy from Ann Arbor, and I wanted to expand. I wanted to say, well, you know, is Brighton a real level playing field for me to evaluate as net something that's viable that could be other yeah. places, is right? Is it scalable? Is it scalable? Yeah. And can this go into a marketplace where I'm not from Ann Arbor? Like some places you go to, you've got to be from that yeah, place totally. or they don't want to do business okay. with you, right? Yeah. Um, so can I do this in Ann Arbor? Can I do this in other places like Lansing? So over the next two years, I went into places that I didn't know one person, and was able to launch two groups in Ann Arbor, launch two groups in Lansing, and I just found like, wow. And I was doing everything the same. Like every meeting I ran was the same no matter who was in the audience. It's all the same people. They're great people. It's just, you know, different families, right? Mm -hmm. The personalities uh, in the chairs are similar. Yeah. The names are different. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, the, yeah, and where the groups are at synergistically are a little different. And then what I'm learning and how I'm trying to grow into this also changes over time as sure. well too, right? Because I don't think, you know, you make the big mistake when you think you've arrived. <laughs> right? Good point, good point. You know, so I really don't ever want to arrive. Sure. I want to keep evolving. Sure. I think that, you know, when you get knocked down, you can choose to lie down and cry and whimper. And it's okay even if you do that for a while, right? I mean, things can hurt in life. Well, my, my saying is be down, just don't stay down. Right. Right? Yeah. We're all down. Yeah. It's just you, you have to afford yourself the amount of time that you feel like you need to recover. Yep. And then know it's time to stop. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so, so, with, um, so with that being said, you know, I, while I did have a lot of relationships that went really, really bad, I also had some incredibly strong relationships that knew who I was, that had confidence and faith in me, that encouraged me, you know, people that I leaned on to help me get back up and do those things. So, you know, if you're ever in a situation with somebody in life and you can be there for them, don't ever underestimate, you know, how that helps somebody. Well, so, so with SiriusNet and kind of failing my way to success, um, you know, a lot of definitions of failure. The the one definition that I've also taken to heart is through, uh, of success is John Maxwell's definition of success, which is knowing your purpose in life, growing to reach your true potential, and sowing seeds that help others. Nice. It's a beautiful definition of success because it removes all the material stuff 
right? Yep. And it talks about who are you? Sure. How do you live your life? Yep. And uh, so that's been incredibly gratifying. And here we are today. Uh, there are 28 CirrusNet groups, uh, about a dozen facilitators, and my groups overall are a very nice average median size of about 20 per group. I, I learned so much, and I wouldn't even be doing what I was doing today if there wasn't BNI or any of these other organizations. So I'm grateful for those experiences. Um, it is kind of a mission of mine, though, to become the number one networking organization in the state of Michigan. We're going to do it. we got to do it like a champion. Right? Amen. I mean, Amen. Don't come here to half-ass it. So, so the fun thing, too, is, you know, I really do believe we are making a difference in the world with SiriusNet. You know, we're, we're creating an environment where people actually look forward to going to their one-hour referral team meeting. Um, they're having a great, unique experience there. We're having fun as part of the objective, and yet we still have productivity. Right. And so I just really feel like um, the space that we're holding is a very precious space, and it doesn't exist anywhere else other than CirrusNet right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's that perfect marriage and partnership between that person that has that vision of wanting to lead a group to Referraltopia, right, or to... Uh, be members of a group where they can have somebody, you know, 50% of the people that join a group, they, they don't have a previous referral group experience. Agreed. It's the first time. Right. And they're lucky. That's yeah, new to them. We just all participated in a conference of your creation that you just referred to, Referraltopia. So here you are at the 10-year mark <laughs> of physical presence for CirrusNet. And it culminated in having the opportunity for you to bring people from all of your groups together to have a day of learning, have a day of networking, have a day of sharing. And boy, did that turn out great. What Thank a, you. What a great... So I just, from your perspective, um, talk about the experience of having the courage to say, I'm ready to take that next step and do that thing. Like what, what gave you the confidence to say, we're just going to go for it. I'm so glad you asked. Because it circles back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, in CirrusNet, somehow or another, people have magically appeared before me at the absolute right times. And I've been wanting to do an event like Referraltopia for a long time, but I'm just one person. Sure. I don't want to take on more than I can chew. I don't want to do something that's not going to be done well. And, you know, this is putting your name on the line for something, right? I mean, this was something that was, you know... Exciting and scary all the way up until about a week before it started going. And then I just flushed the toilet on my feelings and just said, hey, we're just going to have a great time with it. I don't care who shows up. <laughs> but yeah, the turnout was fantastic. And as it turned out, uh, one of the um, fantastic breakout session leaders that we had there, Bridget Beisch, she's from Strong Minds Coaching. Uh, she referred an event planner to the group that she's in. And Julie came and visited. Julie's uh, from Ypsilanti. And I really liked Julie. I liked how she presented herself. And I thought, geez, I would love to have an event planner in CirrusNet because maybe it would even be that one that might help with like a referraltopia. But, you know, I followed up with Julie and she just wasn't sure that she could commit to the group, so on and so forth. And, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm ready when everybody, somebody else is ready, right? right. Never before. But I did follow back up with her again later on. I said, hey, you know, it's a new year. Um... I would love to talk with you about an event. 
that I would like to do. I've watched your website. I think you might be up for this. And at the same time, why don't you come sit in on another one of those groups? So she, she and I met, and it was a great meeting. And she accepted the challenge of being my wingman, getting this done with Referraltopia, and she was fantastic. And she says at the end of that meeting, oh, by the way, I'm joining too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Yeah, so just yeah. a great story. Well, there's no better feeling than having someone fill a void for you, not just filling it, but filling it in a way that when they bring you their work product, you go, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the stacks of uh, lead forms <laughs> that were spelling out SiriusNet on the stage was testament to the fact that people within this organization are willing to A, learn about each other, and B, once they've learned, be willing to tell that person's story to other people. And I think the event in and of itself was a testimony to the culmination of your failures that have led you to this moment. So I can't wait for the next one, man. Thank you. It's been you. a lot of fun. Thank I appreciate you, it. Roger, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much today. Well, there you have it. What an episode. I just could not get over the sincerity and the authenticity and the transparency that Steve displayed in telling that story about losing his wife, losing his company, losing his business partner, losing everything, and still being able to come to the conclusion that it wasn't over for him and that there was a way for him to reimagine what he was doing in a way that he wouldn't have considered before had he not had some of those constraints put upon him, allowed him to be more creative in the process. And I think it really set him on the path that he describes at the very beginning of the discussion where he talks about the vibe that you put off and the intentionalism of trying to be helpful and why that help, helpfulness is uh, oftentimes repaid to you in spades. So great episode. I hope you enjoyed that one. If there was any tidbits of interest that you feel like someone else that you know is faced with a difficult and challenging situation or perhaps has faced a failure of their own and needs some inspiration to consider their path back to success, perhaps you might share this with them. We're always looking for new members of the community to listen and spend time with us as we are talking through how to be the best possible salesperson that we all can be. Until next time, I look forward to talking to you all. Take care.